Investor Schooling is an education company located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Investor Schooling, the principals or their employees, are not licensed by any regulatory institution. Phil Falcone and Larry Steinhaus are not registered reps of any investment firm, nor do they sell any securities. Their advice is based on their experiences and the experiences of their students. They are not attorneys or accountants, and before using any of their advice, they suggest you check with your legal or tax professionals. To find out more, go to www.investorschooling.com. This show is previously recorded. Now, let's welcome Larry Steinhaus and Phil Falcone, your hosts for Investor Schooling Live. Good afternoon and welcome, oh, good morning I mean, and welcome to Investor Schooling Live, coming to you from Investor Schooling Headquarters. I'm Phil Falcone here with my business partner, Larry Steinhaus. We are the founders of Investor Schooling. Get ready to learn real estate investing and stock option trading. Call us anytime during the show with your questions at 855-939-1137. That's 855-939-1137. That's right. We are live programs. So you can call us anytime during the show, and we will take your calls. Don't worry about what we're talking about. Just give us a call. We love taking your calls. Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, serving the Philadelphia area in a real brick-and-mortar building. We are local guys, accessible to our students a minimum of two nights per week. Learn this business, the business of real estate investing and stock option trading from people who live it every day. So today, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about why we only follow six stocks, Facebook Marketplace, and how we use it to sell properties. Larry's Mistakes, it's a new segment. Larry's going to share with us all the screw-ups he's had in his life. I don't know. It's probably going to take more than an hour, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see if we can fit it in. Fraud in real estate. We're going to share with you some fraud stories that we've uh, heard of and have happened to us over the years. Always collect three months of rent. We're going to talk about why. You don't want perfect tenants. That's right. You heard me correctly. You don't want perfect tenants, right? Nobody went broke taking a profit. And then we're going to be visited by the stock option Sultan, who's going to give us picks of the week. So this week we had two real estate agents call us and yell at us, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We had a couple of realtors. Realtors, yes. Call us up and have a problem with something we did. Yeah, so the first one calls me up, and it's funny because we have an agent. You know, what are, what are, so most of the agents who work for us, we have the, we have the investor brokerage, which is it's mostly we mostly deal with investors. We don't really deal with the standard person. I mean, you know, typically the person who's buying a million-dollar house, really, we're really probably not the real estate agent for them. Not that I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, I certainly would take the commission, especially on a $30,000 commission. I'd certainly take it. But the but the but most of the people we deal with are investors. So when we're listing properties, they're mostly investment properties. So I get this one one agent who lists an investment property, lists it for 325000 And, of course, the investment property, you know, it's not in great shape because it's an investment property. That's what it is. And <laughs> one of the realtors sends him an offer, uh, and it was – Probably, <laughs> she sends him an offer, and she, she calls me up because uh, I'm the broker, and she's yelling at me. She goes, your agent isn't responding to me. I'm like, so what? What's going on? Tell me the story. She goes, well, he has this he has this thing. It's listed for whatever, and it's, it's, it's a property, and he doesn't respond. And something happened to him? Did he die? And I actually said to her, I said, that was really funny. I said, that sounds like something I would say. Cause, so I actually appreciated this woman because she said that. She said, what happened? Did he die? <laughs> I said, I said, no. I said, what's going on? And she goes, well, I guess he doesn't respond. I said, okay. I said, first of all, I said, 
tell me what the property is. She tells me the property, one, two, three, Main Street, whatever it is. And I go, how much is it listed for? It's listed for three twenty-five. I said, well, how much did you offer? Well, we offered two seventy-five, but we offered cash, and we, the property's in really bad shape, and we offered cash. I said, oh, let me get this straight. The guy ignored you. You offered fifty thousand dollars less than the property's selling for in a market like this. Why would he even waste his time? Well, I had to waste my time filling out the paperwork, and if he, he could at least respond to me and make a counteroffer. I said, why would he make a counteroffer? Your offer is so ridiculously low, there's nothing even to discuss. And then she goes, I'm going to report you to the Board of Realtors. And I said, first of all, <laughs> I said, first of all, we have nothing to do with the Board of Realtors. We're not, we're not in that union, <laughs> as we've talked about many times. Well, what do you think they're going to do about it? You, uh, you made an offer of $50,000 less. Do you think they're going to fine us or something? And then she hung up on me. Hmm. Can you do the rest of the show with that voice? Which one? This one? Yeah. I can do it. Larry, let's talk about why do we follow only six stocks? All right. So that's a really good question. So one of the rules that we teach is, we fo is to follow only six stocks. And the reason we teach that is because, honestly, you will get so confused and so overwhelmed by all the stocks out there. And also, what happens is if you're if you're following six stocks, or you're following ten or fifteen stocks, what's going to happen is you can say, "Oh, your friend, you watched your friend make a move on Tesla, for example. He just moved up. It just moved up twenty five, thirty points. And you're like, wait a minute, but I'm over here in Facebook, and Tesla moved up, so I'm going to move my money over to Tesla and watch Tesla go up. But that's not really what happens. What really happens is Tesla goes down, and then Facebook moved up, and you move the money. So if you're only following six stocks, you have a lot less work to do, and you have, and it's a lot easier." to stay engaged. And I will tell you that you will make more profits because you're only following six stocks than if you follow tons of stocks. That's good advice. Yes, thank you, sir. How, how, how many stocks do you follow? 16. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I didn't know you were going to say 16, but I knew it was going to be more than six. <laughs> well, look up. <laughs> My definition of follow is a little looser. Right. So I, I like to kind of be thinking about other stocks besides my six. Well, it's nice to watch the other stocks. I watch a lot of stocks. So Some I watch for fun. Like Tesla, I watch it for fun. I, you know, it's, I, I wish I would have bought it at 180, but I didn't. <laughs> but at the same time, it's fun to watch. Well, one, one of the things, you know, if you've never been to investor schooling, uh, you wouldn't know this. But what we do here on Thursday nights and on Monday nights is we analyze stocks, and we analyze a number of stocks because our students will request that. Hey, what do you think of Apple? What do you think of Meta? And we talk about these stocks, and we analyze them. And if you are a stock investor or a potential stock option investor, this is something that is incredibly valuable to you. It's incredibly valuable to me. So I sit here, I get potential explanations, chart reading, where we talk about the reasons that we might want to invest in a stock and how we, how we might want to invest in it. And you can turn around and make money off of these things, and it's an amazing thing. We also talk about real estate all the time. So real estate, in my opinion, is the greatest investment that has ever been invented. Absolutely. And I absolutely love it. You buy a property, you, with minimum effort, you can manage that property, <clears throat> and find yourself being up $100,000 in six years, eight years, ten years, whatever it takes. It's, it's still there. You still own it. It's kicking off a cash flow. It's giving you write-offs. Wonderful, 
business, real estate investing. If you've thought about being in it, you want to get your butt to investor schooling this Thursday night at 7 p.m. That's right. This Thursday night, you have been officially invited to investorschooling.com. Go to investor schooling right now, and you can be Bill and Larry, and there's so much fun. Yeah, we're, we can be fun sometimes. <laughs> and also, by the way, if you want to call in 855-939-1137. I think you would look pretty cool if you shaved your head. Keep your beard, keep your mustache, shave your head, right? Polish it every day before you come to the school. I think you'll look pretty cool. All right, Give I'm, it a try. Have you ever shaved your head? Uh, yeah, well, I came. I had it like you know, like super, super peach fuzz once. That was right. it. I shaved my head once for about nine months, and it was very interesting. So uh, I, I wasn't losing my hair or anything. I just decided to try it, right? And I noticed a couple of funny things. Like, I'd cut some guy off with my convertible, and then he goes to give me the finger, but then when he saw that I had a bald head, he retracted the <laughs> finger. That's funny. He retracted the finger. And, and other things happen. Like, I'm at Home Depot pushing my cart down the aisle, and I'd see other men move out of the way. You just look more manly. You look tougher. You look like a guy who's more prone to start an argument or even a fight with you if you have a bald head. You lack that. You lack that fear factor, right? You certainly have the verbal ability to argue with people, but what you need is a tough look. But can I talk like this when I have my bald head? You can, but I think it will defeat the purpose. <laughs> okay. I think you should shave your head. It, it'll be a major improvement. Well, we'll have, we'll have, I'll have to consider this. I agree. I said that the other day. I'm going to have to consider it. Pedro's agreeing. What do you think, Jim Kelly? Jim Kelly over in PHC, what do you think? Should I shave my head, too? For the good of the show, why not? For the good of the show. <laughs> anything, to, anything to help the show. By the way, Larry, you sound like every caller I used to take on this radio station when we had to, when we used to have to preempt Rush to go to Phillies baseball. That's the way every caller sounded. Oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this right now. You're cutting off Rush Limbaugh for Phillies baseball for sporting events. I don't know what's going on right now. It's all a conspiracy. <laughs> That's the way every Jim. caller sounded right now when I first started here. Hey Jim, you and I, you need, you and I need to have a, a conversation in our voices. Right. Speaking of uh, the Phillies, you know what they've always done that bothers the heck out of me? They rush you out of the stadium as the game is over. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever noticed that? No. It, it, a lot of times when I go to a game, I want to hang out for a little while. I, like you know, have a beer, sit in your chair hang out with your friends in the sun, and then walk out like when some of the traffic is left. So what's the rush? You want to run out the door so you can get stuck in a traffic jam? It's idiotic, right? So the Phillies will come around and say, sir, the game's over. Yeah, like I know the game's over. I'm sitting here, I'm finishing my beer, and then I'm going to go out and drive. <laughs> right? And uh, they, they, they push you out of the building. The Sixers, however... The Sixers, you can walk down the steps at the end of the game, and if you don't do this with your family, you're really missing out on some fun. You can actually walk on the court, and there's a certain corner where they'll let you walk onto the court and you can get your photograph taken standing on the Sixers basketball court. So any game that you go to, my father taught me this. We are kids. We go to a Phillies game. We went to tons of Phillies games. My dad would hawk out three seats for me and my brother and my dad, and then we'd move to that section, and we'd move to another section. Every inning or every other inning, we're moving down, 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 down to the point where we're like, like three rows from the dugout, right? 
that's what you want to be doing at all these games. I'm just sharing that with people so they know to do that if they never thought of it. So it looks like everybody online is saying that I should shave my head, and my wife is asking if she has a say. So Well, yeah. nope. <laughs> she certainly has a say, but she has to call in. <laughs> Linda, call in, 855-939-1137. We'd have to discuss this with you on, on the air. If Linda says... If Linda he... calls in, I, I'd be shocked. Do we have any razors here, Pedro? No, but we I do, can go actually. to the store. There's one on we the actually street. do. We actually do. Oh, really? Yeah, because I keep it, every once in a while I forget to shave my my outside of my beard, and you know when I go on the air, I want to make sure that my that I'm shaved. So yeah, and uh, Rory, Rory, yeah, Rory, 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 Rory. I'm not making fun of your name, Rory. I'm making fun of the way I speak. Is uh, is saying that I have the head for it. But anyway, I'm sure that these guys want to listen to real estate advice and stock option advice, not shave my head advice. All right, so let's but we talk... shave it live on the radio. Let's talk about <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah we, should. we should. Straight <laughs> up the Howard Stern stuff. That's Howard Stern thing, exactly yeah. right. So let's talk about Facebook Marketplace and how we use it to find renters or even selling properties. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that Facebook Marketplace is my absolute favorite place to find renters to start with. And I, when, when, I, when I put a property up on the market, I immediately put it on Facebook Marketplace. I literally go into the place. I take my five or six, ten pictures, whatever it is. By the way, just real quick on pictures, I just want to go off on the side for a second. Take, it's funny, but take at least a least amount of pictures that you can. Take less pictures. Don't put more pictures on because you want people to say, hey, I need to see it. This way, if they have all the pictures, they're not going to see it, and they're not going to come to see you. So that, that's my suggestion. It's like six to ten pictures max. But anyway, so I put it up on Facebook. I put a nice description on it. And I will tell you, on Facebook, I will get messaged all day long. I will get messaged about, you know, can I come see it? Can I come see it? I'll also tell you that I don't – I'm not standard. I'm not going to have somebody have a conversation with me on Facebook Messenger about going to see it. So if they said, hey, when can I see it, I immediately give them my phone number. And I give them, and I say, call me, and we'll we, and, and we'll discuss it. Because the last thing I want to do is I want to drive out. I don't want to drive out there and show it to someone who isn't qualified, who isn't moving in right away. That's the other thing too. Is like, you know, when's it available? And you know, and I say, well, it's available right away. Well, can, can I hold on to it for the next three months? So I'm thinking about moving three months from now. I'm like, really? So I don't want to go to those people either. So I'll also talk to them on the phone first. But Facebook Marketplace, you will have so many people respond so quickly. And it's funny how quickly they respond. Yeah, I, I really haven't used it that much, a little bit, but uh, all my stuff is rented anyway. So, and, and most of my sure. portfolio is vacation rentals, anyway. Uh, so, but I, I might use it for the new park I bought. So. Yeah, it, it will definitely work. I, you'll, you'll see how quickly they'll, they'll respond. It's, yeah, it's it's great. We're also using uh, something new that I'm still. Uh, actually, John is the one who's using it. It's called Rent Spree, and it's a pretty cool tool. So what you can do with this thing is you get somebody, you get your tenant's email address, you get their phone number, of course, you create an invoice for them, and you send them this invoice, right? Tell, letting them know that you owe us a thousand dollars for this for this month on whatever December December first, right? And let's just say that they only have uh, eight hundred dollars at the moment. They can pay eight hundred dollars. The system will go back and automatically remind them that they still have a $200 balance that needs to be paid, which I'm not totally against doing with certain people, especially in the mobile home park business because you're dealing with right. some, of the, sure. some of the poorer people in the world who live in mobile homes, 
And you got to work with them a little bit. You can't just be a hammer all the time with them. And if the system just automatically reminds them, boy, what a breeze that is for the landlord. When the tenant has paid 100% of the rent, the system then lets you know that this particular person has paid the rest of the rent. How about leaf fees? Is it, does it put leaf fees in? I imagine that that can be programmed in, but John's really the one using it, okay. and he's told me it has all kinds of capability. It even has, this is really interesting. So if you have a bank account, like so in Florida they have this bank called Regions Bank. We opened up a bank account at Regions Bank because it's located only half a mile away from the mobile home park where these people live. So they can literally just drive to the bank and make the deposit themselves. However, Rentspree has the ability to accept the payments through their application and then transfer the money to the bank account that we specify we want That's it to great. go to. That's great. That's really cool, yeah. man. Well, Talk about making your life easy. You don't have to go to the bank anymore. You don't even have to remember if your tenant's paid or not. You just go in and look at your program. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, I, I may uh, look at that and, and yeah. see what I Because there's a couple, of, a couple of things I was using. I was using Rent Ready, which is also pretty cool. And then I was also, what happened was just everybody started using these apps, like Cash App and Venmo. And that actually got me lost. That was the first time I ever got lost in years. And when I say lost, I mean, like, I have to actually physically remember to think about each one of my tenants and, and whether they paid or not and check, and check them off. Because there's no other way to do it with Cash App and Venmo. They're not well, connected. That's one of my biggest problems, okay? Because people want to... This guy wants to pay me in PayPal. This guy wants to pay in cash. Exactly, this guy wants right. to pay in Venmo. Right. It's a while, like, I got to have 14 apps on my phone. I don't even remember, like, you know, how, and how do you track all that stuff, yeah. right? This this thing, I think... I don't know if Rentspree is the greatest application ever, but something like that will be improved over time, and, and something like that is going to make our lives much, much better. Rentspree might not be the, 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 the greatest program ever right now. There might be a better one already being developed right now as technology changes. But I love the idea of my life getting easier. So we, we had the guys about two years ago, three years ago, we had the guys from Rent Ready, the guys who created Rent Ready. They were here, and I was using it for a little while. I, 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 and honestly, there was nothing wrong with it. I actually liked it. I just got – people started paying me in PayPal and Venmo, and I got confused, and I started, and I went off it. But that might actually work for you, especially with the mobile home park, trying Rent Ready. By the way, if you Rent Ready, I think it's RentReady.com, R-E-D-I, Rent Ready. And, well, uh, I, I, all I can tell you is, uh, you know, John is is using yeah. Rentspree now. He's setting it all up. Okay, cool. He thinks it's great because of the fact that it can actually do the deposits. So the deposit goes from the tenant to Rentspree. Mm -hmm. They must have a way to accept right. money. Right. And then they, if you if you specify what bank and what the bank account number is, they just put it right That's in the great. bank for you. It's yeah. pretty great. I'll, yeah, I'm gonna have to look at that. I, I, it sounds great. I, I've never heard of it before. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, this is the, the other thing that's interesting about this technology time that we're in, all these new things are being developed so fast that we don't even know them all. Yeah. Somebody asked me this morning on a coaching call, he said, what's the best marketing program? What's the best this? What's the best that? I said, how could I possibly answer that? I could tell you ones I've used, right. but the ones I've used, there could be 15 other programs that are already better than those. Yeah. And when we talk about marketing, like, you know, what sends out letters, we, we, we use one now. It's a Mailbox Power. And if you wanted to go Mailbox Power, you could do that too. And if you use the word investors, you can get in. But mail, but we, I've been using Mailbox Power. I actually like it. It's actually pretty good, except they just changed the interface, so I haven't really played with it in a while. So I may have to do another presentation on Mailbox Power. Cause Are you we've done that still before, doing a lot of marketing? 
I'm not doing as much as I used to. It's gotten to the point where I just, I'm so busy that I'm not. And it's funny, we talked about this before, that I'm making less money because I'm so busy running the school, I make less money. But I don't care. I, I make, you know, I, I always tell people, don't feel sorry for me. I make a lot of money. But I just I just don't make as much money because I'm not marketing. I'm buying houses. Although, you know, I probably buy, at this point, probably three to four houses a year that I keep. And that's not bad. Where, you know, I, we were doing 50, 60 wholesale deals a year and making a whole lot of money with that. No, no longer doing that. I don't have the time for it. You too. You don't have the time for that either anymore. Well, I could make the time for it. Okay. You just quit doing everything else that you're doing. Exactly right. I like having the uh, the potential to have follow anything I feel like following. And I've got a few screwy ideas in my skull right now that I've been thinking about. All right, come on. Let's, let's discuss one of them. You know, uh, I'm not prepared to discuss them on the radio, but I'll say this. Okay. Like, I come across things that I think are intriguing that I might want to do in the future. Right? <laughs> one of the things I really want to do in the future is I want to move to Florida. I know that, right? I uh, I have a lovely wife who I'm in love with, and I really, really, really want her to move to Florida with me. Oh, so you want <laughs> and her? I'm to getting move. some some uh, some feedback, huh? She cares about this thing called family. She right. says family's really important, <laughs> and 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 I want to move to Florida and not tell anybody where my address is. I got it. So so this is so basically this sound is heard a lot in your house. <laughs> Phil, we're not going to Florida. Phil, we're not going to Florida. Phil, we're not going to Florida. Well, I can't go. With, I can't go without her. I can't do it. Um, well, so yeah, let's get to the that. moment that you've all been waiting for. Our new segment. Oh boy, Larry's screw ups. All right, let's start. First of all, eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. If you want to call in, eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. And of course, if you want to go to investorschooling.com, you can sign up for a free class this Thursday. Oh no, not this Thursday because this Thursday is Thanksgiving. So the following Thursday is when we would be there. But anyway, eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. If you want to call in. Uh, my screw ups. How? Which ones? I mean, like, you know, how far? How far do you want to go back? You know, I just like to hear uh, this segment. I don't want to hear ten screw ups. I know you could fill up the whole hour. <laughs> what I'd like to do is just give us one. Give us one every show. So, all right. So I, I'm not sure. I'm, so you surprised me with this one today. So I'm not quite sure where to go with this. You know, you want me to make it a positive thing, or you want me to make it a yeah, this is really bad thing. I mean, with the with the repertoire of screw-ups that you've had, I don't care where you pick one from. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so first of all, before I say that and or, or answer the question, you should know that the more times that you mess up, the more likely you are to succeed on the other side, and that's where our success comes from. Nothing teaches you better than making a mistake. Exactly. I'll share with one with you one of my screw-ups. All right, well, you do that, because I'm trying to think of a good, really good right, one. I'll give you a screw-up I've made. As a wholesaler, so I, I get a lead for somebody who wants to sell me their house. I walk around wearing I Buy Houses t-shirts pretty much almost every single day, and I l scream to the world that I buy houses. I'm in the business of buying houses, right? You get a lead. This is uh, this is not a hypothetical lead. This is just somebody called me and said they want to sell me their house. I went to the appointment. I went to the appointment. I did the best I could to talk to these people about buying their house, and I made a crucial screw-up. What I did, I offered them too much for the property. And then as I'm driving home, 
they signed the contract. I got the contract signed, and I left. And as I'm driving home, I realized I completely screwed this deal up, okay? Because now that I've agreed to pay too much for the property, obviously I can go back and try to get a $25,000 discount. But at that point, I've revealed uh, a major flaw <laughs> in my game, right? And you've screwed up a lead. And what happens after that that happens to you? You learn that you can never let that happen again. And it'll happen again because it happens sometimes sure. in the real estate business. But you learn to be more adamant about why your price has to be at this level and why you, you have to create arguments. And how do you develop those arguments? You develop it by experience. By explaining to people, look, you you think your neighbor sold his house for three hundred fifty grand, but he didn't. He actually sold it for three hundred fifteen. And you think your house is worth the same as your neighbor, but the one you thought he sold for three hundred fifty thousand really sold for three fifteen. But did you ever look at the pictures of the inside of his house and you show them the pictures and explain to them? He's got granite countertops. He's got top of the line cabinets. He's got hardwood floors. He's got all these amazing things. Your house doesn't have any of that stuff. And you can and you learn how to fight for getting the price reduced to a level where you can actually make some money off of it. And this only comes from screwing up. Absolutely, absolutely true. So you want to do a real estate screw up or, or a stock option screw up? Have you have your pick. <laughs> I don't know. Probably the one of the one of the biggest screw ups was <laughs> I, I bought a property that I thought was a three family. And it wasn't. It was a two-family. It had three doors, and it had three entrances. But Trenton came in and said, "No, this is not. A th this was never a three-family. The person you bought it from converted it into a three-family illegally, and now it's a two-family." And that cost me a little bit of money. Well, how did it cost you money? Well, because I thought I was buying a three-family house, and now I wasn't going to be able to get the rents that I was going to get as a as a three-family. Well, I would tell you that uh, Philadelphia is absolutely littered with illegal properties. Absolutely, sure. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I'd even call them illegal because there's so many of them, but um, they are certainly were not built as duplexes. It's pretty easy to figure out, too, but, yeah, that's a that's a big mistake. But it, but I sure it didn't destroy you. I mean, no, you still no, had a property. No, I, so I, 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 I just lost a little bit of money on it. It wasn't a big deal, but it's, it's typical. It's just, you know, some of those things, some of these mistakes you make, you just make them. I mean, my, my, <laughs> my stock options, I've made some serious mistakes. I had a couple of bad ones this year. I had, this year was a pretty rough year. And one of them was uh, JNUG, and we talk about it all the time. It was JNUG where, where the price of gold normally goes up when the stock market goes down. And the weirdest part was this year gold just kind of floated away. It really didn't do what it normally, what it normally does. And JNUG has – the price of gold has an effect on JNUG because it's a mining company. But what happened was – and the only, only thing I can think of is that Bitcoin or the other cryptos – got in the way of what gold normally does. I mean, you would think gold would be skyrocketing right now because of inflation, and it's not. And it's very unusual that it's not. However, I still recommend gold and silver, holding gold and silver, especially if the Internet ever goes down and you need to buy milk from your neighbor who has a cow. Your neighbors have a cow, right? No. Okay. But I might need but to I buy... But I know where cows are. You know where cows are? Yeah. Not That's too good. far from my house. There you go. And we, you know, and, and most people won't have any money. They won't have credit cards. We'll have cash, and we'll have silver, and we'll be able to buy milk from a cow. And when I say milk, I, I, I'm using that as a 
analogy for anything else out there. Speaking of uh, cash on the side, uh, I I follow a um, uh, an advisor, a financial advisor who recommends having piles of cash in your safe at home these days. You follow me then? Well, that's my recommendation. Uh, yeah, you you talk a little bit more about having silver bars and things and like cash. that. But uh, okay, so yeah, and cash. there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about that sure. these days. That some trouble is coming. Well, and, and again, even if there's not trouble, so what? So you have cash. So you have cash on the yeah, side. It's probably a good idea to do it all your life because you never really know. Right. Exactly. You, know, you don't have to have a hundred grand in your safe, but have enough money that could sustain your lifestyle for six months. So for a little while. If while that's things, right. maybe sixty, maybe ten thousand a month might be a good number to have. Yeah, sure. Something like that sure. to keep it around. Yeah, just in case something happens, you, know, you yeah. never know. Don't just leave your money in the bank. Is the point because banks actually can take your assets and it has happened before if you look through history absolutely true in fact in fact i don't know if you know if you know this but some people you might you might know this but other people may not if you have your money in a in a bank and you have a loan with that bank and you default on that loan if you have anything in that bank they will take it all they won't even ask your permission they won't even warn you so if you've written a check to someone or a check to a mortgage company like to, to, to preserve your house <clears throat> that check will now bounce because the bank took all your money out of your account they will and they have and you've signed a piece of paper that agrees to do that that's why i also recommend that you have several bank accounts not just in one bank well, so that happens can... in, in our business. Yeah, I think I have 12 bank accounts, but right, exactly. it doesn't mean I'm rich or anything. It just means... Well, not just 12 bank accounts, but 12 it's... different banks. Right. Oh, I don't okay. have to say 12 different banks, maybe right. three different banks. Yeah, okay, well, that's a good point. Right. Right. Different banks. So uh, let's talk... I'll tell you, why don't we go to a commercial break? Let's and do when it. we come back, we're going to talk to you about fraud in real estate. Yeah, this is good. And this is a really important topic because these things that have happened to me could happen to you. Sure. So stick around. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Investorschooling.com. I'm inviting you to a complimentary class this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. 7 p.m. this Thursday night, 215-876-3002, Investorschooling.com. Hey, everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner, Phil Falcone, tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now, you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. This Thursday night at 7 o'clock, go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. We're an executive suite center in Huntington Valley on Buck Road, 67 Buck Road, Huntington Valley. I'm sure you've driven past it. We're right in between Street Road and County Line Road. We have 47 offices in the prestigious address of Huntington Valley. I have offices starting at $5.95 a month. You're probably wondering, Phil, what do I get for $5.95 a month? Let me tell you. You get an office big enough for one person. 
person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone numbers. You get the fax numbers. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you. So if your company's ABC Painting Company, hey, ABC Painting Company, how can I help you? Would you like to talk to Bob? Let me get him on the phone. You could be home sleeping on your couch and I'll patch the calls right to you. What else do we give you? We give you the conference rooms. We give you the kitchen. We give you the mailboxes, the printer, the copier, the scanner, UPS service, you name it. All of the utilities, cleaning service, and best of all, we give you free coffee. Get yourself to Executech Suites. Phone number is 215-942-7701. 215-942-7701. ExecutechSuites.com. Hey, it's Larry Steiners from InvestorSchooling.com. Hey, listen, one of the things we teach at Investor Schooling is stock options. Did you know that you can make 50, 100, 150% returns every year trading stock options? Yes, I know there's risk, but I'm going to tell you right now that some of the things we teach will help you mitigate that risk. Could you imagine when you look at your return and it shows 100% returns, you will be really happy. Come to a class this Thursday night at 7 o'clock. You can RSVP at InvestorSchooling.com. Our headquarters are in Langhorn, and you will learn stock options trading, of course. You will also learn real estate investing. Come to InvestorSchooling.com. We will see you there Thursday night. WPHD. All right, welcome back to Investor Schooling Life. Larry and Phil are here, and I, I, I thought we, I thought you guys are enjoying the show. If you're enjoying the show a lot, you should call. You should call 855-939-1137, and, and, and you guys should leave comments on, on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn and let us know that you really enjoy the show. Um, I'm going to give it back over to Larry. Oh, my God. Why is that voice still here? That's got to stop. I can't stand that voice. What do you think of that voice, Phil? Yeah, I think I've had enough. You think you had enough of that voice? Okay, well, by the way, we got Nick and Delaware. What's going on, Nick? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, glad to uh, finally get through to you guys. Love your show. Uh, I've got a lease purchase option um, that I'm currently in control of. I have tenants in it, and I'm looking to convert it over. Uh, I just I'm having trouble finding somebody that will go that route as far as lenders go. Do you guys have any suggestions on who you would uh, use or have used in the past that have been, you've been successful with? So I need to clarify your question. So do you have do you own the property now and you're lease optioning it to somebody else, or you have the lease option and you're buying it from somebody else? No, I have the lease purchase option, uh, and I'm looking to convert it and, and buy it while the rates are down. Okay, so so you have an option with the seller to buy the property, correct? That is correct. Okay, so so I'm I'm curious to know what it, what it is that you're looking for. You're looking for a bank, or you're looking for a title company that would do the deal. Uh, I'm looking for somebody who will finance. My situation is my credit score isn't really good, uh, but the okay. deal I have has got a, a decent amount of built-in equity. Uh, I'm looking at about fifteen percent of you know purchase price against uh, value. And um, obviously, with my credit score, I'm having issues with traditional lenders. So okay. I was looking for uh, uh, some direction on who to go with or uh, who should I be looking at to actually get financing for the deal. So if there's a lot of equity in the property, you, you certainly can get a private lender to lend you the money. You can, uh, you know, we teach how, how to get, how to, you know, how to use private lenders and 
private lenders are typically somebody that knows you, somebody that likes you, somebody that will want to help you. And also at the same time will be someone who realizes that there's enough equity in the property that if you default, they get the property and they win anyway. So what is, what are the rents on the property? Uh, I'm renting it a little bit below market right now. Uh, uh, markets uh, between fourteen and fifteen hundred. The tenants I currently have in it are paying uh, twelve hundred. So definitely will be once I take control of the property, uh, purchase the property, I'll become come up to market value. There still has to be a little bit of work done, some carpeting, some paint, you know, just cosmetics to make it uh, pristine uh, to be able to uh, justify, uh, you know, market rents. So Nick, what do you th- what, what can you buy the property for in your lease option? Uh, I've got it under contract at one twenty five. I haven't done a, a bench appraisal on it uh, or desktop, whatever it's called. Uh, but just by doing my research, uh, we're looking at one fifty five to one sixty market value. Okay, so here, here's a question: What are you paying the as the lease your lease that you're paying to the original seller? Um, I'm paying a thousand and I'm receiving twelve hundred. I'm sorry, you're receiving twelve hundred. You're paying a thousand. That is correct. When is your lease option up? Um, I got six months into it, and my contract is a minimum of three with a maximum of five years. So I'm going to tell you something you may not realize. You might actually want to sit on that. Because it may not be such a great deal. You may actually be end up paying a little bit more if you actually finance that property than you are paying now. And you might not be making the $200 a month. At the same time, you have time to rebuild your credit and get that fixed. I, I, I don't know if, it's, if, if you need to immediately do this, is I think the, is what I'm trying to say. There, there may be a couple of other pieces of information I don't have. But based on what you've told me, I think you should just sit on it for a little while. Lease it out for a little bit longer. Maybe even re- increase the rents. You know, in the next six or six to nine months, get the rent up because the price that you're paying for the property isn't that great compared to the rent. Typically, we teach something called the one percent rule, and basically, it says that if I buy a property, for example, I buy a property for a hundred thousand dollars, I would want to get a minimum of thousand dollars a month rent, which would be one percent of the purchase price. Your rent is right dead on that. Matter of fact, it's even slightly low at twelve hundred if you could buy the property at one twenty-five. But then you're telling me you have to put work into the property. How much work do you think the property needs? Oh, just like I said, cosmetics. Uh, you're talking uh, maybe three to five thousand with paint and carpeting. Okay, so so you figure another ten thousand, so that puts you at one thirty-five, maybe even one forty to, to be all in on the property. And if you're only getting twelve hundred bucks, it's not that great of a deal. I would rather you be getting anywhere from seventeen or eighteen hundred dollars if you're going to spend that kind of money. So I might suggest you sit on it a little while while you rebuild your credit. Well, uh, if I'm hearing him correctly, he's contractually obligated to stay in it for a minimum of three years. No, no, no. He said he could keep the property for he, He's got the lease option for three years. Is that is that what you said, Nick? He said the minimum of three years yeah, and the maximum of five. I have, I have a minimum of three years before I execute the contract and a maximum of five. So I've got... You can't even a, execute a, it for two years. An, another oh. two years. Oh, I missed that then. Okay, so no, you, no, so no. I no, I can no, I can actually purchase at any time. I just okay. I put that in so that the seller can't force me to purchase it for five years. So I've got literally four and a half more years before before I have to purchase it. 
before you lose your lease option uh, uh, you know, contract consideration, how much did you put up? Uh, n- nothing. I'm into it for nothing. This is uh, this is interesting. So it's actually a really great deal for you. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's a really great deal for you. So I I would sit on it. You're making 200 bucks for free. All right. So hold on to it. Uh, put a little bit of money into it. Get my yeah. rents up, and then uh, yeah, absolutely see where I'm at. Yeah, absolutely. And then by the way, stop by investorschooling.com. Oh, right, right. You know, or the office. Stop by the office. Come this Thursday, and we'll tell you more. All right, Nick, we really appreciate you calling, and we're gonna, we have to move on to some other topics. But thanks. Well, hopefully, we'll see you on Thursday or next Thursday. All right, what else is going on, Phil? All right, so let's get into some fraud in real estate. Yeah, that's a really good topic. So, Do you have any uh, so we, stories I, you could tell? Yeah, I, you know, without, and I want to be careful not to, you know, so what happens a lot is people come to us, and they come to us, you know, they're in the middle of real estate investing, and then they come to us, and they join the school, and they start talking about some of the deals that they have, and I have come across some small things, but I've come across two major things that I actually, you know, I get myself involved, because these are our students, and I do what I can to help them. Look, of course, I'm not an attorney, but I do know a little bit about what's going on, and I can stop these things. So the first thing that's going on, a major fraud that's going on right now, is loan modification fraud. This is If you're getting these phone calls from these companies that say, hey, you know, you've been on forbearance, or are you on forbearance, or whatever the situation is, and we could make a loan modification for you, that's okay, but just understand that if they charge you anything up front before they have that loan modification, that is illegal. So if somebody says, send us $1,000 and we'll work on your loan modification, run for the hills. That person is absolutely frauding you. And we've had a couple of students who've come to us and said, hey, you know, this has been happening to me. I didn't know about this. And I, I was able to put a stop to it. But at the same time, and I also was able to preserve their mortgage. I called a mortgage company and worked it out with them for them, you know, kind of like in a conversation. Again, I'm not an attorney, but I just wanted to make sure that they weren't destroying their credit because this guy could have had, these guys could have had their credit destroyed if they didn't pay their mortgage soon. And I was able to negotiate with the mortgage company, get them to pay their back and fix it. And at the same time, they're writing letters back and forth to try to keep it from reporting to the reporting agency. That may or may not happen. However, just if you get a phone call from anyone who's got mortgage, you know, mortgage modifications and they ask you for money, hang up the phone. They cannot do a mortgage. They cannot take any money from you until that mortgage modification is done. Be careful with that. You also have other people who will who will say, hey, listen, we'll lend you money for your real estate deal, like like Nick and his last deal. He may post that on Facebook, for example, and someone will say, yeah, I can lend you money. And then they say, well, yeah, just send us $1,000 up front for, for processing fee or whatever, the application fee. That is also illegal. Do not do that either. And a lot of these people, especially on Facebook right now, a lot of these people, they're tagging your posts. When you have a property for sale, you're trying to buy a property, or you're trying to get money for a property, they'll tag your post and they'll say, hey, yeah, send us a $1,000 application fee, send us your email, send us a $1,000 application, and you never hear from them again. Don't do that either. These people, you do not pay anything until that mortgage is until that mortgage is approved. Some, I will tell you that some banks will ask you for the appraisal fee, but you don't pay the appraisal fee until after you either get billed directly from the appraiser or the appraiser goes out. Then pay the appraisal fee. But be careful with that because these are other scams that will happen. So have you come across scams too, Phil? Uh, different kinds of scams. So um, one of the ones that really stand out to me is uh, I have a lot of vacation rentals in Florida. Some guy, he um, he downloaded all the photographs of one of my properties, 
and he created like uh, he must have changed the address, and he created almost like a duplicate account of my house for rent, and he he got phone calls, I guess, sent to him, and by a woman who he said, oh, I'll, when you get to Florida, when you get off the plane, just meet me at this bank. And she went into the bank and got cash and paid him in cash, and that should have been the clue that this was a scam. So what happened next was she somehow must have found, or she must have called, like, VRBO, and VRBO said that that may be a fraudulent account. It's a it's uh, similar pictures and... And then she called me, and I said, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it. That house is uh, – when she went to the actual house to go enter it, there was already somebody in the property who was the uh, was the actual renter who was renting it for a short-term basis. And there was nothing much that I could do about it. Maybe – I'm sure that VRBO probably, like, made that other – deleted the other account. I'm sure. Uh, and hopefully they did they did something more about it, but I was never filled in on any of those details. But uh, he beat this lady for like I don't know fifteen hundred dollars or whatever. Right, that's another thing too. If you if you are booking vacations, and somebody says give me cash outside of the app, run, because that's yeah. that's another clue. Anybody who said anytime you're doing any business like you know VRBO or Uber or anything like that. You want to make sure that you go through that app because then you have recourse. Same thing with PayPal or eBay. If somebody, if you list something on eBay and somebody says, well, you find somebody listing on eBay and somebody says, hey, yeah, pay me outside of eBay, just run. That's a fraud waiting to happen. That actually happened with, with me with a car where the guy completely frauded me. Remember that car? Remember that, that, uh, that BMW I bought? I don't know if you remember the story. It was years ago. Yeah. And I bought this BMW and sure enough, the BMW was a piece of garbage. And I had no recourse because the guy convinced me to go outside of eBay. And everything he said on the post was a lie. He didn't even have the pictures of the actual car. He had the pictures of another car. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep going. We got uh, we got a few more minutes. Absolutely. What we, we talked about something about uh, three months rent. Yeah, why don't we talk about these next two topics kind of go together, all right? So one of the things that I do when I have a, a property for rent, I always collect three months rent up front, Okay. And I like to say I, I want to collect three months of rent from average tenants. And what I mean by that is if, if you've rented to people who really got their act together, they make great money, they got great credit scores and everything like that, then those people are probably going to be more than capable of buying their own house in the future. So they're not really going to rent your property for maybe more than a year. And if, you, if you're okay with that and you want to take a year's rent, that's fine. But what I'm looking for is people who will live in my property for decades, all right? I like those kind of people much better. If you, if you take a chance on somebody who has a few issues with his credit, has a few issues with his income, but maybe there's going to be, like I, I rented to a guy once who rented a property from me, and he had two adult daughters that lived with him. And I felt pretty comfortable because all three of them had jobs. Their credit scores weren't, weren't greatest. Their income stream wasn't the greatest. But they lived in my property for almost like 15 years, right? They were like the managers of my property, essentially. It was, on, it was a triplex, but they had lived on multiple floors over the years. They knew everything about the building. They took care of the place, and they paid me every month. 
And sometimes they were late, but I was okay with that because if you know you're renting to people with some issues, eh, you know, you got to be a little bit flexible. You can't be uh you can't be a hammer and say, you know, I'm throwing you out if you don't pay me in 5 days and things like that. You you have to kind of let it go a little bit, but if you're cool with that, you could have somebody live in your property for over a decade. And that is a huge help for a landlord. One of the reasons I don't want to have to turn over my rental units is because each time that happens, you've got to go in there and usually do work. So now here goes another five grand out the door and another month and a half while I'm doing doing the $5,000 in repairs, which is usually going to be a kitchen or a bathroom, and those things tend to be expensive. I want to keep the properties rented for as long as I can. So what I'm saying is you don't want perfect tenants. You want people that are kind of middle of the road. Those people, they might live in your property for a really long time, exactly. and that's going to help you tremendously. The less properties. A funny thing used to happen to me. I had all these rentals in Philadelphia, okay, at one point. I got rid of them all because I got fed up with the city of Philadelphia. But that's just me. I don't have anything against investing in Philly, and who knows, I might even do more of it in the future. But one time, this happened repeatedly to me. Summertime always seemed to be the time when people were moving out of my properties. Don't ask me why. I'm not sure. And and I I remember having three different properties I'm trying to renovate all at the same time. And it was not the funnest summer of my life. I wanted to be down the shore having a good time. I wanted to be out partying. But instead, I had vacant rentals that had to be addressed. And back in the day, I didn't have the money to hire contractors. I had to do it myself. And I did a lot of my work myself. And I spent like a whole summer, more than one summer, working on my rental properties. Okay? If I had just learned what I learned later on, which is go for average tenants, people that are less than perfect, those people might be much, much more happier just staying in my property and never moving out. Yeah, so I actually find that the people I rent to, if their credit score is somewhere between six, maybe 600 and 680, those are great. I like that range. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because you're thinking that, oh, I want to only rent to people who have 740, 750 credit scores. That's actually a mistake because those people a year later will buy a house and move out. They'll be gone, and they're always right. gone right. within a year. They're, right, exactly. They're, they're in a, some kind of transition. They got a couple things they want to straighten out, and boom. And then they just go buy a house, and you're gone, and you lose them. Right, and the funny part is you, you really can't discriminate people <laughs> against people who have a 750 credit score. You're going to take them anyway, but but I'd rather they not have that credit score. It's just funny because I'll have them become a, you know, you know, and I ask them what their credit score is, and they'll say, you know, they'll say 750. I'm like, oh, man. You can't say, hey, you people are overqualified. Yeah, you can't say, you're over, yeah, you people are overqualified, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, but you're going to rent to them anyway. It, it, and I've always found that the people with the over 700 credit scores, they stay about a year, maybe two years max. Then the people with the average credit score, and you said average tenant, the person who goes to work every day to pay your mortgage is the kind of person that I want. I don't want the person to go to work every day and have aspirations of buying their own house. I'd rather them stay in my house forever. Because again, it's a lot cheaper. You know, you're, you're exactly right. $5,000 to renovate a property every time they move out. You got to paint it. You got to fix whatever they broke. You got to work on. You know, you you've got to make it. And there's also sometimes you got properties that they've rented for eight nine years, and now you've got to actually do the kitchens, and it becomes expensive. Yeah. 
I'll just share with you a real quick story. When I first, when I bought my very first property, I had a realtor before I had my license. A realtor took me to see this house. Did the realtor sound like this? And he says to, and he says to the tenant, he goes, "How long have you lived here?" She says, "26 years." He goes, "You know, you could have bought this property like twice." Sure. You know, in 26 years. Exactly. Uh, it's anyway. Who's coming up next? So you know, interestingly enough, real quick, the millennials right now. Because of their college loans, they can't buy a place. So you actually, when you look at their credit score, if they have bad credit because of their college loans, but everything else is paid on time, those are perfect tenants because they'll never be able to buy a place because of because they've been ripped off by by the promises of Biden, by the way, at saying that their student loans are going to be forgiven and it never will be. When I was in Florida last week, I was hanging out in this outside bar, had a lot of fun. All the football games were on at the time. I was watching the Eagles game, and I'm sitting with some other Eagles fans, and I talked to this young woman, and that was exactly her problem. She had this huge college yep. loan that she couldn't pay off, and she was in big trouble with it. And, uh, you know, it's a shame. The government scamming their own citizens. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a tax on so-called smart people, but I don't even think they're all that smart. Well, all obviously right. they're not. Yeah, and I think they, yeah, talk about predatory loans. A I invited her to investor schooling, by the way. There you go, good. A 17 or 18-year-old who no, doesn't know anything about money whatsoever now signs a piece of paper for a loan that they don't understand and that the second they graduate, they owe they owe 25% more than they borrowed, and then they got to pay it off. But we actually do a presentation on student loans and how people should do student loans. By the way, that's in my book, too, my new book, the Money Hacks book. So if you guys don't know, I have a new book coming out. It's called Money Hacks. And it's, it's a subtitle because everything you think you know about money is wrong. So if you guys get a chance, you can go to barnesandnoble.com. You can take a look at that. You can pre-order it. So it's called Money Hacks by Larry Steinhaus. All right. Who's coming up? Stock options. All right. So Austria is locked down again. So Austria, Austria is locked down. Yes. You mean Australia? No, Austria. 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 Yeah. Make make Austria Germany again. Hmm. You know that's uh, the the MAGA hats that people are wearing in Austria now. Make Austria Germany again. Uh, if you don't get that reference, that's a Nazi reference. But anyway, getting back to it, getting back to what's going on over there. That because that happened, and you know the the so-called coronavirus, whatever you want to call it is causing them to lock down again. A lot of the travel stocks went down this week, but those are all incredible buying opportunities. AAL, CCL, RCL, Norwegian Cruise Line, DAL, all of the airline stocks, all of the cruise stocks, they're tremendous buying opportunities. Uh, the uh, AL was at 19 again, and it was just at 23 the other day. Same thing with CCL. It's, it was right around 20 the other day. I think on Friday it was right around 20. And again, tremendous buying opportunity. That'll go up to 25, 26, 27. The stock options on that are so cheap that you can go out to May and June, and it's 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 got to be a no-brainer unless something crazy happens. It's a no-brainer. I like it a lot. Those are great plays. Meta, I can't get on top of this thing. Every time it goes down, it doesn't go down low enough for me, and then it shoots up like the other day. It shoot up, shot up uh, 15 points. I have a couple of co had some covered calls on Meta, and I had the stock taken away from me this weekend, which is fine with me. I don't care. I made some money on it that way. So this stock was taken away from me on my covered calls and Meta. 
also like Halliburton is a good covered call play as well. I like Halliburton a lot. I uh, uh, also, and so these are some cool plays. I would look at some of the other industries. Uh, we got about, what do we got? We got about 45 seconds. So what do you want to do? You want to you take us out? Yeah, I guess we can do that. All right. So thanks to our producer, Jim Kelly, for helping us out today and uh, jumping into our radio show whenever he feels like it. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor on our show, you can email us at info at investorschooling.com info at investorschooling.com if you want to talk to realtors if you want to talk to real estate investors this is the place to find them so you having an ad on this show could behoove your business greatly what time are we going out you got eight seconds eight seconds i think i'll just say we will see you thursday night at 7 p.m at investorschooling.com